What's up, guys? We're going to do this podcast. My name is Salman Ali, at Salman Ali NBA on Twitter. We are doing this podcast after the Rockets have won their sixth consecutive basketball game. I was actually not planning on recording a podcast tonight, but I am trying to get my podcasting schedule more consistent. So I want to get an episode up every Monday. And so we're going to forego the guest today in order to get that podcast up for Monday morning. And, you know, this is because we moved to podcasting companies. You know, previously I was with the Blue Wire Podcasting Network, and now I'm with Clutch Points. And they wanted me to have a podcast about the Rockets, and I figured, well, I might as well just move my current Rockets podcast over. So that's what we did. And now we're on Clutch Points, and that's where you're listening to this. Not really any functional difference for you guys. You're still getting the podcast from iTunes or Google Play, Stitcher, wherever the hell. Um, just a difference for me in terms of my uploading process. I'm going to have to have a podcast up for you every Monday morning. So that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. And really the only difference for you, the consumer, is sometimes you may get an episode that's recorded a few days prior to release. But again, it's still going to be pretty up to date. All podcasts are new every week. And if something major changes, I will have an emergency podcast episode, obviously. And I don't think there's going to be many times where that happens. Usually the episode is going to be recorded like a day or two before release. So it's not going to be like too out of date. So really... Nothing's changing for you guys. It's just changing for me. I just have to go ahead and get that down. Starting with this episode. Starting with this particular episode about the Houston Rockets, who are on a six-game winning streak, which is crazy to say because they're just coming off a 15-game losing streak. And this really seems to stem from Steven Silas going ahead and pulling Daniel Tice from the starting lineup and adding in more floor spacing. Um, in the form of Garrison Matthews and Eric Gordon, who have really stretched the floor out for Houston. They've gone from a really poor three-point shooting team to a really good three-point shooting team, had at least 17 three-point makes in their winning streak. And it's one of those things where, like, anybody could have told you one of the biggest problems with the Rockets offensively was their floor spacing. Just too cramped of a floor, caused a lot of turnovers, and you saw a lot of that tonight uh, when they went ahead and inserted Daniel Tice back into the lineup. Um, kind of out of necessity, but they, they didn't have to go with Daniel Tice. They could have started Armani Brooks or Daniel House or anybody else, but they went ahead and gone with and went with Daniel Tice. But you saw some of that tonight. You know, like the floor was cramped, and you saw turnovers into, you saw bad floor spacing into, you saw drives to the basket go down and you know with the improved floor spacing pick and roll goes up ball movement goes up assist goes up and I tried so hard to get Steven Silas on the record kind of saying that this was a cause for why this is happening and he just is like no we're playing with more energy we're we're passing the ball fair enough you know this is um normal coach speak no one you're never going to get a coach on the record saying yeah ever since we moved that lineup everything changed even though that's exactly what happened um even tonight like they started off the game pretty poorly and then when they switched when they took Daniel Tice out and they played with just Christian Wood at center his optimal position you know we talked about it on the on the last show with Dave Hardesty what do you know they played better and they 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 you know, gathered this huge lead, 15-point lead. And sure, you have to slip in two big lineups every once in a while, especially with, in the case of Shangun. Uh, Shangun just has to get more playing time because he's too good to be playing 15 minutes a game. So 
you know, playing two big lineups is the only really way you can do that because, you know, Christian Wood's going to play 30, 32 minutes a game. And really what's left over for Shangun is about like 16. And so that you're going to, you're probably going to have to double dip a little bit and have Christian Wood playing with Shangun. Um, and have that try and be a net neutral lineup. But other than that, you know, you saw some of that, and then you saw some of that in the fourth quarter with Tyson Wood again, and, like, that was... It, it's just... I don't know why they insist on continuing to try it. Uh, I, I get that um, Jonas Valanciunas is a really physical center, and some teams are going to be bigger, and some, you have to match up sometimes to those teams. I just think the Rockets have found their idealized style of play. And there's really no reason to, to sway away from that as a team. Um, now, obviously, they're not going to be this good. You know, I, I expect the streak to end pretty soon. They play the Nets on Wednesday, and then they play the Bucks on Friday. I'd, I'd expect that winning streak to snap, right? It's I, it's just those two, those two teams are just too good, and uh, the Rockets don't have the requisite talent to match up. And I think it's one of those things where, like, um, they may have found their, you know, ideal style of play. It doesn't mean they're suddenly a good basketball team. In fact, if they do become a good basketball team, I'd expect the front office to get pretty busy ensuring that they won't be a good basketball team at the trade deadline. So that's kind of the state of affairs, you know? Like, I, I as far as where they are as a, as a team... I still think they're in that bottom tier of the lottery, right? Like they're still going to have probably a bottom five record this season, um, which means you know they're probably going to get another high draft pick. I do think that they're much better, and they're probably uh, not what they were in that fifteen game losing streak. And at the same time, they're not what they are in this six game winning streak. They're somewhere in between, and that is. A, probably a step up from where they were last year. You know, I I, I kind of had in my head, I thought they were going to win twenty games uh, this season. Um, they they already have seven, uh, but I I do think it's going to slow down here in a, in a bit. Their 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 next you know nine games is brutal. You got the Nets, you got the Bucks, you got the Grizzlies. Um, it's it just a bunch of playoff teams. Uh, you got the Hawks. It, there's just a bunch of really good teams. The Knicks. Um, that are coming up, and so it's going to be tough for the Rockets to keep this up. But kudos to Silas, man. Like, listen, I have been pretty vocal the past couple episodes about Silas looking like a coach that wasn't ready, right? And part of that is like, I the start the lineup starting lineup did not make any sense to me at all. I I could never get a good explanation as to why. Tice needs to be there next to Wood. It's the the numbers bear out that it's a bad lineup. The eye test bears out that's a it's a bad lineup, and they continue to do it. And you know, I guess out of necessity they had to change that, but they did change it and they stuck to it. And Tice stayed out of the lineup from you know up until Porter Jr. just got you know you know hurt recently. Tice was out of the lineup, right, and and out of um, the rotation. Um, and I, 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 I just want to give him credit, man. Like, like, listen, he, he played a two-way guy, major minutes, and Garrison Matthews is thriving right now, um, continuing to play well. We, we had 
a, a conversation about this with Dave Hardesty on the last episode. Like that guy's story is super cool. Um, you know, he, he's been in the NBA for a couple of years now, but not really found a consistent role with the team. Um, you know, kind of bounced around to a couple G League teams, and the Rockets went ahead, called him up literally three weeks ago. They called him up three weeks ago, and he bec- and he's been a starter for the past six games, and he's looked really good as an offensive player, man. Like that guy has a ton of confidence taking a bunch of contested three pointers uh, as he should if he if he can hit those and he has at times he had an and one three tonight if he can hit those continue to take them I just love players that are that confident they, they just understand what they are right like J.R. Smith is an example of a player that knows exactly what he is he's a three-point shooter and he can play defense and uh, I'm talking about J.R. Smith when he was still good and still in the NBA but uh, when he when when he understood his role, he fit in so beautifully into that Cavs team. And I'm not making that same comparison here, obviously. But what I'm saying is that, like, when you understand your role in the NBA, you'll find a spot, right? Especially if you have a definite NBA skill, and he, and Garrison Matthews does. Shooting is extremely valuable, especially at the level that he does it. And the Rockets are really thriving off his energy. That guy, by the way takes a crap ton of charges every game fouls like crazy sometimes then doesn't get the call on him um really physical player um and that guy definitely sits in an ice bath after every game you cannot convince me that he doesn't um it's he is definitely got bruises the next day the way he throws his body around but he continues to do so so credit to him man like he's playing like a guy who understands i have a special opportunity here uh, to really impact winning, uh, carve out a role for myself, perhaps get myself a full-time NBA contract, you know, get out of this two-way contract um, later in the year and, you know, be a factor here in Houston. And it's kind of like Daniel House a couple years ago. And, th- you know, the, the guy's good. The guy, the guy's a good NBA player, looks like. And the Rockets are thriving uh, because they inserted him into the lineup along with Eric Gordon. Eric Gordon, by the way, let's talk about him for a minute. So I went on show after show after show in the offseason and was told to my face that Eric Gordon was a bad contract. And I argued vehemently against that. And I said, listen, man, when that guy is healthy and when that guy is playing, he he is one of the best role players in basketball. That is a fair value contract. He's played in important playoff game after important playoff game. He has definite NBA skills, not just one skill, skills. Can handle the ball, can get to the rack, uh, can finish there, can make threes off the dribble, off the catch, uh, can defend um, and play in important games. And like, you cannot convince me that that is not viewed at this moment as a fair value contract around the league. And the Rockets should be able to get something of value if they shop around the trade deadline, which they obviously are. Eric Gordon is not going to be here past February. Uh, in fact, um, you know, the December 15th, you know, date where a lot of contracts that were signed this summer can be moved. Um, you know that's coming up here pretty soon. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets even if he gets moved even earlier than that, uh, especially if they keep this winning up. Like the Rockets, um, listen, like I, I I don't I don't think they're I don't think they're this this good. But what, 
if they keep winning at this rate, it will be interesting to see how the front office handles that. Um, How the front office handles a couple things over the next couple months is going to be really interesting. Uh, Let's talk about Shangun. So, I touched on how he is probably too good to be playing 15 minutes a game and how the Rockets need to find a way to get him, you know, more minutes and that probably involves playing with Wood a little bit more. But that's a short-term solution. You know, getting him to 20 to 22 minutes a game, that's a, that's a, that's a good short-term solution, but it is a short-term solution. That guy is too good to be playing off the bench. It's surprising for you, like for me to be saying that. Like I I am very with with rookie players I am very hesitant to say um, they're ready for the kind of minutes they usually receive, right? And Wood has come into the NBA, uh, and again, you're talking, you're listening to a guy who was really, really high on him, right? Like I'm high on him in the, during the draft process. Thought he should have been a top seven pick after the Rockets managed to acquire him from Oklahoma City. I kept like rambling on shows like I don't know why the Thunder trade traded him away I don't understand what 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 Sam Presti is doing here that guy is too good to pass up at 16 that's fantastic value why not just draft him and you know I'm that guy I'm the guy who wrote like who's written like six articles on the dude already even I'm surprised he's playing this well like he's averaging like 18 9 and 5 per 36 minutes and he's shooting 40% from 3. Now I haven't checked those numbers, those updated numbers, but the point is like he's really really good, man. He he is probably the third best player on this team after Christian Wood and Eric Gordon. Name me a player that's better than him. You know, the only player that I, you can again maybe come up with is maybe Jay Sean Tate. I like Jay Sean Tate. Like I like him a lot. Good defender. Um, you know, more more capable on on offense than many people would think. You know, he's a, he can ball, he can handle the rock. He he's really strong, can get to the rim, has those post hooks that are pretty effective. Has nice touch around that that basket area. Um, but he is not as good as El Prince Shangun. Um, and that's because offense is much more important than defense in the in the NBA. So he is he's the third best player. And the problem is there's. It's really tough to play him right now, especially now that the Rockets are rolling with Christian Wood at center and have abandoned uh, two big lineups. Um, obviously, it looks like they're going to try and reignite some of those, but it's really hard to find minutes for him, and you probably can't start him next to Wood because... You know the five out stuff has been working for the Rockets. You know why would you why would you change that? Why would you mess with a good thing? And even the Wood and Shangun lineups, like you know, it started off pretty encouraging. Like those two would have pretty good synergy together, but it seems like on the whole, it's still a negative. It's still like a negative twelve per one hundred possessions. So it's not yet in the green. And the Rockets have to find a way to get that, you know, back to at least neutral. You know, and I don't know. I don't know how they're going to manage to do that, but they have to manage to do that um, because Shingun deserves to be playing more, and that's that's his only pathway right now to be playing with Wood. That's his only pathway. He has to be um, playing at least 20, 20 minutes, twenty-two minutes a game. And like I was saying, the front office has some tough decisions here, uh, and I'm really alluding to Christian Wood here because. That guy's really good, man. That guy's a really, really good offensive player. 
And I understand why you may want to keep him, but you have to kind of stand back a little bit, understand that he is next at the start of next season, he's going to be 27 years old with one year remaining on his deal. And that means that his timeline is a little bit different than the rest of the Rockets. The rest of the Rockets are still on their rookie deals in terms of the Rockets core, right? I'm not talking about like the Daniel Tices and the Daniel um, houses of the world, right? Like those guys are different. They're different situations. But in terms of the core, that you know what they consider the core, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, Alperin Shengun, um, Josh Christopher, Usman Garuba, those guys are are probably going to be there long term, or they they would like to keep them here long term. Like those guys are going to be on rookie deals, and Christian Wood is different from all those guys. So they need to have a conversation internally. Like, listen, is Shangun our guy long term, or is is Wood our guy long term? And what I mean by that is obviously they're not picking between the two. That's an easy choice. They're going to pick Shangun because of the age difference, and because you know he's he's gonna he's they have him under team control. That's not what I'm what I'm asking, but they they need to ask themselves like, is it really worth not seeing what what Shangun can be as a starter right now? Seeing if he's really that special A plus talent, right? Like he's gotten the Jokic comparisons, and those those have made me a little uncomfortable, right? Like uh, I asked a, a bunch of players about about Shangun during training camp in Galveston, and. Nicole Jokic just kept coming up, right? Just kept coming up. It made me a little uncomfortable, but I I did put that in my piece. And that those comparisons are a little lofty, but listen, if he can become anything like that kind of player, if he can if he can become a star because he's clearly a starter. He's clearly going to be a starter in the NBA, but if he can become a star, you want to see if he can become a star now. Like not like become a star now, but you want to see if that star potential is in there now. And the only way to do that is to give him long minutes. And you know what? Like the Rockets can can easily come back and say the guy fouls too much, and he's really he really can't play long minutes, right? He's his conditioning isn't all the way there yet to play with um, the Greens and and the Porter Juniors of the world. I think his conditioning is fine. The fouls I think is legitimate, right? Like I think he does have to lower that down he does have to get to a point where he's not just playing for five minutes and collecting three fouls like that's not that's not sustainable that's literally what happened tonight he played for like six minutes and, and got three fouls like it's like the the Rockets want to see him play for longer stretches especially if he's going to be a starter and I still think Houston should try and see what they can get for wood at the trade deadline if they can get multiple first-round picks back, which I think that they can, uh, from a good team that 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 could use uh, Christian Wood services, that I think they should seriously consider doing it, because not only like does he not fit in your timeline, now you have somebody that you want to take an extended look at in Shengun, right? Like before, I was making the argument that they should consider moving Wood because he doesn't fit fit in with Houston's timeline. And you got to maximize what you can get before he hits he hits free agency in twenty twenty three, and you have to pay a bunch of load, a crap load of money to him. Like that that's not longer the case. Like yes, that's still that's still a factor. But the other factor is you want to get another you want to get an extended look at Shengun because he's been that good. 
you know, I'm really starting to worry that I'm becoming like a Shangun propagandist. Uh, <laughs> this podcast is basically becoming like a Shangun love fest, and half of my articles are about Shangun. And uh, thankfully, I haven't gotten anything from my editors, any pushback from writing about Shangun so much. Um, and I don't think you know people hate me talking about it on the podcast because Rockets fans have also fallen like f- you know fallen in love with Shangun, right? Like they they are also really high on the guy and i'm glad man i'm glad we're in alignment on this because you know a lot of times with young players i'm not always in alignment with rockets fans and on in this situation i am in this situation i am um and i have been for a while and it's 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 a good to get a good thing it's a good it's a beautiful thing when we can all agree on something so let's talk about kj martin for a second because that's also a guy that probably deserves more minutes, but there aren't minutes to be had. And I don't know how Houston can try and get minutes for him because really you got three bigs that are ahead of him in the rotation in Christian Wood, Alperin Shangun, and Daniel Tice. And I don't think the Rockets like him at small forward, I think he does his best work at power forward. You can probably try and, and get stints with him at small forward to see if you can squeeze more minutes out of him that way. But he is not that level of shooter yet, and you know, or, or that level of defender. And it would be nice to see if by trading would, um, and everybody moves up a spot if KJ Martin is a beneficiary of some playing time. You know? Like I th- that that'd be really interesting because I like the idea of KJ Martin as a backup to Jay Sean Tate and that kind of being their power for rotation this season. But, you know, it, it, a lot of this is kind of being held up. Um yeah, the, the Rockets just came into the season with a crap load of veterans. Like, just a crap load of veteran players. Uh, players 25 years or older. Uh, you know, you're talking about Tate, Wood, Gordon, um, House, Nwaba. Nwaba's not even playing. God knows where David Nwaba is. I haven't seen that guy in a minute. And it is surprising. Because this is a, this is one of their big free agency acquisitions this summer. Uh, both of their free agency acquisitions this summer have kind of looked questionable because it's just hard. It's just hard to find minutes for them. Um, it'd be interesting to see like how extreme they go at the trade deadline. You know, obviously I talked about Eric Gordon, and really like what I'm talking about is like, will they take that extra step and trade guys like Christian Wood? You know, trade guys like Nuaba. You know, maybe even look at seeing if you can get anything for Tice right now. I don't think his value is very high. Uh, I think. Houston will probably be better served in trading Tice uh, next season or the season after that uh, when he has less years and less money remaining. But um, it is it is fascinating how the trade deadline has kind of become this pivotal point for Houston because you're talking about potentially moving two starters and opening up minutes for young guys. And Trading those two starters may actually open up more minutes for old guys. Like, Nwaba might get to play more. And Tice will definitely get to play more because he'll become a full-time backup center uh, to Shengun. And 
I did not expect them to be this active of a trade deadline team. I did expect them to be active, but I did not expect them to be potentially this active. I guess I probably should have because they have so many vets. But you kind of figured the young players were not going to be good enough to warrant playing time so that they, they, they would slow play it them. But they have been very good and they have warranted playing time. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how the Rockets handle this first trade deadline in the rebuilding era. Is, is that is this their first trade deadline in the rebuilding era? I think technically last trade deadline is probably their first trade deadline in the rebuilding era because they did trade P.J. Tucker. You know, like Harden was traded in January. P.J. Tucker was traded in February. So February, I would say that P.J. Tucker trade was probably their first trade deadline of the rebuilding era. The second one figures to be a lot more interesting because their players are a lot more attractive and um, healthy. You know, uh, Eric Gordon is healthy. So December 15th is going to be fascinating, man. It is going to be fascinating uh, because all these contracts can be moved and the Rockets uh, will have more flexibility to go and explore the league. So, yeah, I mean, that's it for this episode, really. Like, I, th- that's all I really wanted to talk about. Like, those subjects were weighing on me all week. And obviously, I wrote that big Shangun piece this morning and got some of it off my chest. But really, like, saying it out loud and explaining my viewpoint with my tone, you know, there's tone in writing, but sometimes people skim the articles. Sometimes people don't read all the way through. So you can kind of guarantee with podcasts that you can you can deliver the message um, with some more authority and tone. And I think hopefully people can see my viewpoint on some of this stuff more clearly. It's unfortunate I didn't have a guest this week to bounce this stuff off of because I'd like to get some feedback on this. I've actually been struggling with this all week, right? Because I really like Shangun as a basketball player and I, I've, I've kind of done probably too much coverage on him but it really stems from that month I spent doing a deep dive on the draft and I've never extensively covered the NBA draft before or studied the prospects in the NBA draft you know I, I always usually go off of what the draft guys say right two or three weeks before I start reading up um, and this time I went ahead and I, I did the full Monty right like I I watched a ton i went through the numbers i asked people i read articles i did all that and um and shangun was just one of those guys that i really liked and they had the team i cover happened to draft him uh so it was one of those things where it came full circle and like i'm just i'm i feel guilty talking about him this much because one of my goals with covering the Rockets is to remain as objective as I possibly can, right? That's always something I really value, right? Like I turned in my fan card a few years ago um, in order to try and best maintain that objectivity. I felt like I was losing some of that with Shangun because I like him so much, but I just, I keep coming back to the talent is obvious. It's so obvious. Anybody around the team knows it. You know, the players recognize it. They're they're feeding off of him. DJ Augustine had, had a really insane quote today talking about how he plays off of Shangun. That's a 13-year vet talking about how he plays off a rookie, right? Like, that's it, it's so obvious to anybody watching. I, I, I feel like I have permission to be 
the way that I am about him, right? I think that guy is really good. And, you know, I asked around and people feel the same way. So I'm, I'm going to continue, man. Like, I'm, I'm going to continue. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to get too, go too overboard about this. But like, listen, when you really like, when you really feel strongly about something, you should definitely go with it. Right. And this is definitely one of those instances where I'm like, that guy's good. That guy's really good. I, I don't want to belabor the point, but I want to make sure that it's clear that, this is abnormal for a rookie to produce like this from the 16th spot in the draft. So that's it for the show this week, guys. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Follow me on Twitter at SomaliNBA. Follow the show on Twitter at Red Nation Hoops. I got to do a better job promoting that. I'm not a good job at promotion in general, but I got to promote that Twitter account more. Um, also, be sure to give us five stars on iTunes if you enjoy the show because it helps people find us. And you guys have generally done a good job at that, by the way. Um, you guys have done a good job at at, push, at giving those five stars in, so I really appreciate that. It really means a lot to me. Um, and yeah, guys, good night.